Good morning. My name is Dan Fury, and it's time to wake up Wallace. Hello. Why? Good morning. Good morning, Martin Wallace. Good morning, Dan. It's uh, it's May the seventh. It is already, huh? It's okay, it's a Thursday, some kind of Thursday. Thursday situation happening. Months are just flying by. How are things going? Well, the state of affairs are uh, are pretty mixed. Okay. We started off with some pretty shocking news. Okay. This morning. I'm used to that by now. Now, if you remember back in February. I'll do my best. There was a pretty big scandal going on. The New England Patriots. Oh, yes. Yeah, and a, oh, uh, I do. And a playoff game against the Indianapolis Colts have been accused football. of deflating the footballs. Yeah. Well, reports are coming out that saying there's pretty conclusive evidence that not only were they doing that, but high levels of the team were aware of it, mm-hmm. lied about it. Um, series of text messages has been sent back and forth. One of these guys took game balls into a bathroom during his walk from the official locker room to the field, locking the door and remaining inside the bathroom with the game balls for approximately one minute and 40 seconds. Enough time, the report says, to deflate to footballs with a needle. Hmm. Uh, and then Tom Brady presented this man, McNally, who calls himself the deflator with a... Uh, an autographed game-worn jersey and an autographed football. There's a series of phone text messages, pretty, pretty conclusive. So, so they are cheaters. So you're saying? Yeah. Turns out the real problem here is, is that they lied about it. You know, yeah. they would have just been honest, as per usual. So, uh, what are the potential consequences of that? In hindsight, it's really hard to to. Tell the NFL yeah. has like a really, really odd punishment policies. You know, like getting caught with marijuana, you're done for the season, mm-hmm. beat your wife, no one really talks about it. <laughs> this kind of thing, who knows? That's why mm-hmm. I'm predicting like the biggest punishment will be for the fact that they lied, not the fact that they did it. But yeah, it's hard to say. Right now, it's all like allegedly, you know, we have these findings, we don't know. Although, here we. We have text messages between this guy, uh, Jester Miski and McNally. Jester Miski is a, uh, where is it? He is a longtime equipment assistant. And then this McNally is the official locker room attendant. Mm-hmm. So Jester Miski has texted McNally, I have a big needle for you this week. <laughs> to which McNally responded, better be surrounded by cash and new kicks. Or it's a rugby Sunday. Whoa. And then McNally responded with, fuck Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Isn't that crazy? I think it just gather all that information. Yeah, McNally texted Jastrzemski saying, you working? Jastrzemski said, yep. McNally says, nice dude. Jimmy needs some kicks. Let's make a deal. Come on, help the deflator. Oh, my gosh. Right? The deflator. 
He just kicks. Yeah. So, figure we started off real sad. Uh, oh, I'm so bummed about it. Three were arrested in California for operating a 3,000-year-old Masonic police department. What? Yeah. These three guys uh, <laughs> running uh, essentially a, a, the police. They have these cars. They they got arrested for impersonating police officers, right? right? But uh, they say that their organization is older, goes back to the Knights Templar in 1100 B.C., uh, when asked what the difference between the Masonic Fraternal Police Department and other police departments, the answer is simple for us. We were here first. We were born into this organization. Our bloodlines go deeper than an application. Apparently, they're in like 33 states and Mexico. That is odd. You know, it's a little bizarre here. So this guy, uh, David Henry, he's 46 years old, uh, just became the chief of police for this uh, Masonic Fraternal Organization. Brandon Keel. 31, is on administrative leave from his job as Deputy Director of Community Affairs at the California Department of Justice. He's a low-level aide to a California Attorney General. So they were arrested on April 30th and released later that day. They found uh, ID cards, uniforms, and vehicles that appeared to look like law enforcement vehicles along with other official police equipment during their search of a home. There's an investigation after several police officers and police chiefs in Southern California received letters in January announcing the group's creation. They said a man who claimed to be Keel described himself as chief deputy director of the police force and tried to schedule meetings with the law enforcement agencies. So what what has this organization been doing? Are, are they, like, trying to arrest people? And Yeah, I'm, I am a bit curious about this because uh, these three people were arrested, uh, have very low-level ties to things, uh-huh. and then were immediately released. Right. So I, I'm under the impression now that they're looking into how big or deep this thing goes, but it also just sort of seems like they just let it go. Uh-huh. Uh, so I couldn't find too much more about it. It is a little oddly worded, the fact that they were just, you know, taken and released, uh, no charges or anything. So I'm pretty excited to see where this one mm. ends up because, well, we were here first. Yeah. A little, uh, little Scientology to me. Um <laughs> But I think they're claiming to be, like, original Freemasons. Uh Who knows? Uh, Smartphones are helping people in Africa find parasitic worms. Whoa. Which is nice. Yeah, there's a a disease called river blindness that in some villages affects about 50% of the adults. Just, uh, I'm not even going to pretend to (laughs) pronounce this, the the name, the disease. Uh, It's caused by a parasite spread by flies. Uh, and it's it's just devastating, and it's it's fairly easily remedied. The only problem is there's also a worm called Loa Loa, and if someone has a Loa Loa infection, uh, and you give them the cure for the river blindness, that can be deadly. Oh, uh, so of course, in order to find uh, <laughs> this worm's really funny, uh, <laughs> so it it hangs out in your lungs, this uh-huh. Loa Loa, and it only comes out between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. into the bloodstream. It comes out to, I don't know, feed or something. <laughs> That's all just me making it up. So it comes out between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. So you have to do the tests for the blood in this certain time. Mm-hmm. And there's just like not enough time. It's too labor intensive and whatever. So it's weird. There's a, now a smartphone app. These uh, a series of, of uh, like medical uses for the iPhone uh, and smartphones, which is pretty cool. Uh, but this app can detect the Loa Loa in the blood of, of people much, much quicker. Hmm. 
So you press one button, go, and the phone controls the movement of the sample, controls taking of a video, and controls analysis and reporting of the results. Awesome. So in three minutes, start to finish, the process can tell the health worker whether it's safe to give the person uh, ivermedicine, which is the river blindness cure. But even producing an answer every three minutes still only translates to 40 results per day per phone, since the test can only be run during a two-hour period. Much faster than the conventional method, but the numbers are still daunting. Hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Technology. Mm-hmm. The United States has approved ferry service from Florida to Cuba. Whoa. Mm-hmm. A historical event in U.S.-Cuba relations. Uh, so recently, relations had, had changed quite a bit between us and and Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the travel restricted restrictions had been uh, lifted, but not all of them. And this is this is a pretty cool thing. So there's there's four companies, I believe. Yeah, that there's uh, Treasury Department issued at least four licenses to companies to establish ferry service to Cuba and Key West. It's uh, it would be less expensive than charter flights and allows more luggage, which is a pretty big deal for Cuban Americans hauling down hefty supplies for family homes and new private businesses, where uh, flying there might not be the best route. So I think that's pretty cool. Interesting. Mm-hmm. When was the last time there was that much of an open channel between the two? 40s, I think. Pre-Cold War. Wow. So I think all that Cuban Missile Crisis stuff was in the 50s, mm-hmm. but maybe early 60s. Late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. I don't know. We'll start a history podcast. Okay. Um, Noted. <laughs> uh, a South Korean NYU student has been detained in North Korea. Ju Woon Moon, South Korean citizen. Uh, he gave an interview to CNN, says he's healthy and being treated well in North Korean custody. Of course. Um, yeah, he's 21. He hasn't talked to his parents or uh, family yet. Uh, he crossed the border into North Korea illegally. He has acknowledged that out of hopes for a great event to help strengthen ties between diplomatic rivals, North and South Korea. Quote, I thought some great event could happen and hopefully that event could have a good effect in the relationship between the North and the South. He's been held since April 22nd. Said he hiked and crawled through two barbed wire fences to get into the rogue dictatorship after which he was arrested by North Korean soldiers. Since then, he says he has been kept in a room with three beds and a private bathroom but he has no access to phones or the internet. Ju had not spoken with South Korean officials or his family at the time of the interview. Quote, there's no need to worry because the people here have treated me with the best of humanitarian treatment. I've been fed well and I've slept well and I've been very healthy. He's the fourth known South Korean national to be held by the North. Two other South Koreans arrested in December are being held on charges of spying, charges which Seoul calls groundless. South Korea's unification ministry this week called on North Korea to release all four of its citizens on Ju, they said it is deeply regrettable that North Korea is detaining Ju Woon Moon, who is a South Korean national, without any explanation to our government and his family. The government strongly demands the North immediately release Ju and return him to the arms of his family. Hmm. Just wandering on up there. Would <laughs> um, you deliberately sneak <laughs> into North Korea? I mean, what was he hoping would happen? He was hoping that this that his his. Uh, trespassing would would bring together the North and the South to have a great event to discuss relations. So yeah. he might still get his wish. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but speaking of stupid college students doing really stupid things, uh-huh. uh, there's a this woman Haley King. Oh, where was she at? University of South Carolina. This girl's 22 years old. Sounds like a dummy. Uh, She's facing felony charges after a hidden camera showed her spitting and pouring cleaning fluid into her roommate's food. 
Oh yeah, you goodness. can watch a video of her what doing it. It's super funny. She's just like dancing a little bit. She's uh, in sweats and she's just pouring like Windex into the cereal. What? <laughs> so, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, she took food belonging to her two roommates out of a refrigerator and contaminated it. Her roommates set up the camera after multiple altercations with the suspect caused them to fear what she was doing while they were not home. Columbia police accused King of spitting in food and also pouring Windex on food, the incident report said. One of the victims told police she had actually eaten the tainted items. So they arrested King on February 9th after her roommates, who reportedly were trying to get King to move out, showed authorities the video. After viewing the video, police called King in for an interview where she later confessed to the incident. According to the report, King had been charged with unlawful, malicious tampering with human drug product or food, a Class C felony in South Carolina, which carries a term of up to 20 years in prison. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Big mistake, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> well, oil prices are rising again. I'm sure yeah. you might have noticed this as a driver. Yeah. Uh, it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Well, here's the good news. So they hit a new high. Uh, yesterday for the year, closing at $61 a barrel. So earlier in this year, they were as low as $45 a barrel, uh, real low. But this is uh, expected to be sort of a, a peak and then another fall. Mm. Uh, so what experts are, are thinking is that uh, the price has been down for so long because uh, Saudi Arabia is starting to get wise on the fact that there's a lot of like alternative energy yeah. green energy and uh for the first time in god knows how long or if ever uh with fracking uh the united states is now rivaling saudi arabia as an oil superpower now what's happened is is they lowered the price of oil so much that fracking and our oil supply became less worthwhile right because of the price of oil so we stopped getting as much mm -hmm. which then pushed the price back up a right. little bit right now with Things like windmills, tidal power, solar power, and uh, Tesla, which I don't know. You saw the the home power system; right. mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. The general consensus here is that uh, the play that the Saudis are making is they want cheaper oil to slow down the fracking revolution in the U.S. and to signal to the developing world: don't worry, you don't need to invest in alternative energy. Mm -hmm. You can just buy cheap oil from us. Which, of worry. course, it's not a sustainable idea, no. but whatever, so they want to be the Walmart of oil, <laughs> the low cost supplier. Um, don't worry. The hope is that this recent spike is only because of the slowdown with the fracking, which will then raise that back up, and it'll find this evened-out keel. Yeah. So that's kind of positive. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Short term. And you know about the shooting in Texas? Uh, the Muhammad painting? No. That's why I come to you. So there was a uh, sort of a competition for uh, best drawing of Muhammad. Best drawing of Muhammad. Yeah, a contest to draw the Prophet Muhammad. It was uh, who held that contest? It was at a uh, like an art gallery. Right? Aren't you not supposed to depict him if you're a Muslim? Right. But they, um, they don't like that. No, they're not a big fan of that yeah. at all. Uh, of course, this was. I think the real point of the art piece is to, you know, freedom of speech. Okay. But of course, it didn't happen that way. Right. Um, did we not learn anything from South Park? Well, no. <laughs> um, so two men, uh, one Elton Simpson and uh, a Nadir Sufi, came out of a car firing assault rifles at the Garland event on Sunday. Oh, oof. Now, the thing is, this happened in Texas. Yes. Where they were immediately <laughs> shot <laughs> back. <laughs> so an officer fired back and killed the men. Like, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Mind you, this is Texas. So that happened uh, a few days ago. The news yesterday is that the Islamic State, ISIS, mm-hmm. uh, took credit for it. Oh. Now, we've heard plenty of ISIS uh, yeah. in the past year or so. They really... Really coming up. Taking off, yeah, as a uh, fundamentalist organization. This is the first time they've claimed responsibility for anything happening in America. Okay. One of the things I, I think is so fascinating about this is, is following following like the Twitter feeds of these people. Moments before the attack, Simpson posted an ominous tweet with the hashtag, hashtag Texas attack. Quote, may Allah accept us as a Mujahideen. I'm probably butchering that. I'm really sorry. Great. Yeah. <laughs> might be more of a dean and not a din, but whatever. I'm not a linguist, nor do I speak any foreign language. So the tweet has also said he and his fellow attacker had pledged allegiance to, uh, I'm not even going to try, but it means the leader of the faithful. Uh, so CNN terrorism analyst Paul uh, Krukashank said that that likely refers to ISIS leader yeah. uh, Abu Bakir al-Baghdadi. And then earlier, Simpson had asked his readers on Twitter to follow an ISIS propagandist. After the shooting, the propagandist tweeted, Alu Akbar, two of our brothers just opened fire. This is like happening on just send it yeah. out, like no consequence. Weird. Which is fine, but like it's real events happening. It's just bizarre. This was my favorite thing. Favorite thing. Right? Okay. Because this kind of stuff happens, and it, it's just so funny how and like news works. Yeah. Because they get put onto the page based on like ranking of importance from readership, mm-hmm. right? With absolutely no concern whatsoever about the weird associations between <laughs> the individual articles, yeah. right? So there I was reading the news yesterday, and we found out that royal baby Princess Charlotte travels to Norfolk home, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Prince William and his wife, Princess, I forget. Kate? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, the Duke and Duchess of Daba. I don't know. <laughs> I don't follow that. That's like a big deal to a lot of people. I know. Yeah. Uh, God bless them and, and whatever. Uh, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. I was sitting at... Uh, outside of Starbucks the other day, and these two women, their whole conversation was about the royal family. I don't get it. I don't either. What I do know <laughs> is that this whole article is about like this beautiful princess that they had, this Princess Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's four days old, and Prince William is beginning his two weeks of paternity leave from his job as an air ambulance helicopter pilot, which I think is pretty awesome. I didn't Whoa. realize he had to work, but... no. He does. Um, but it's all about how they're, they're, they've taken her to this mansion that they have yeah. and how they've recently spent all this money to refurbish in this new mansion and this awesome – everything's amazing, yeah. right? And right next to this, <laughs> right, right next to this article is an article about Stuart Young, who is uh, – happened in Scotland, Edinburgh, Scotland. And he was convicted yesterday mm-hmm. of raping a one-day-old boy and two oh. other young children. So between November 2008 and December of 2013, uh, he's been preying on children. Disgusting. Yeah, so he's been attacking the one-day-old boy until he was three months old. Ugh. He raped a girl who was six months old, continued to sexually assault her until December 
2013 when she was five years old. He also abused a nine-year-old girl. The judge warned Young to expect a lengthy prison sentence. Yeah. He says, you have been convicted of some truly depraved and despicable crimes. You should expect a sentence to reflect your level of criminality. Uh, Young, who has previous convictions for non-analogous offenses, had entered not guilty pleas and denied any wrongdoing. Uh, the details of the case were so traumatic that jurors have been excused from serving on another jury for five years. Whoa. The defense solicitor advocate Ian Pearson uh, told the court that his client realized that he was going to be sent to prison. He said Mr. Young expects that a substantial period of imprisonment <laughs> will be imposed upon him. Yes. Of course, he's been placed on the sex offenders register. I don't expect that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're now really concerned about how to deal with these children. Uh, yeah, poor kids. One day old. Yeah, that's a great picture of him, too. Look at that asshole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he won't last very long in prison. No. Might be interested to hear about this self-destructing virus that's been affecting PCs. Uh, yeah, I would. It's called uh, Rombertic. You heard anything about this? Nope. I'll tell you if this uh, sounds familiar. So it, it has an evasion technique that can be triggered. It deletes key files on a computer, making it constantly restart. So it's unique among malware because uh, it resists capture so aggressively. So it, it affects Windows machines. It goes unnoticed. The malware steals login data and other confidential information from websites. But it's booby-trapped. <laughs> so the malware indiscriminately stole data. So Rombertech is unique in that it actively attempts to destroy the computer if it detects certain attributes associated with, associated with malware analysis. Uh, so if it believes it is under analysis, it will delete an essential Windows system file called the master boot record, or the MBR. It will then restart the machine, which, because the MBR is missing, will go into an endless restart loop. The code replacing the MBR makes the machine print out a message mocking attempts to analyze it. Restoring a PC with its MBR deleted involves reinstalling Windows, which could mean important data is lost. Mm -hmm. uh, it also will write a byte of data to memory 960 million times to overwhelm <laughs> analysis tools, so it just bogs down the hard drive Whoa. while it is constantly <laughs> restarting so <laughs> this thing is terrible is that what happened to your computer uh no not quite no, i was really hoping i figured that out <laughs> uh, i was really hoping it was the worst thing it could have been be. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we'd have you know <laughs> you know you know what it is and that's the that's the start yeah um i thought this was pretty cool children are more likely to confide in pets than siblings uh, uh -huh. so there's been a lot of uh, research done over at cambridge when kids are being bullied, when their parents are going through divorce, uh, all sorts of things like that, it turns out that uh, children turn to their pets quicker and with more openness than they do to their siblings. So it's very important, it turns out, that children have pets to confide in. Yeah. To sum that article up, a lot more science going into it than that, but that's the idea. Pets are great. Mm -hmm. Well. It all just crashed on me, if I can recall oh, correctly. What else done. do we have? Ladybugs, it turns out, are, uh, are uh, cannibals, and they are just like riddled with sexual disease for the amount that they have sex with each other. So ladybugs, really? it turns out, are like <laughs> just little <laughs> bastards. Yeah, thought that was pretty funny. Cannibal um, ladybugs? Yeah. So oh, no. Um, yeah, they just they they have these little uh, this little bacteria that lives underneath its wings. And it feeds off its blood. And when they mate, it spreads it to the next one. And, and apparently in some ladybug camps, it's just rampant. It's just... Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, Bunch of nihilist ladybugs. The, uh, and the Oculus Rift is coming out uh, in the first quarter of 2016. The what? 
So this is the virtual reality video gaming. Oh, but for real, you know, the real deal. The uh, Oculus Rift is is known because like had a big Kickstarter campaign, got a ton of money, and without even having a product yet, Facebook bought it for several billion dollars. Whoa! And has since been developing it. Right. When that happened, I was I was a little concerned because I didn't want Facebook mucking with that kind of thing. But I think mm-hmm. they're just pulling a Google and just yeah trying to branch out of something's going to be huge. We want to own it. Yeah, I think they just had the money to buy a thing. Yeah. But what do you mean virtual reality for real? Um. Well, like all all previous attempts at virtual reality have been done at a time in which uh, the computing power to make it happen has been just mm-hmm. laughable. Yeah. Um, so if you remember, Sega had, uh, a thing called a virtual boy, yeah, which was placed on the table and you leaned into it and then you played and it was like mm-hmm. virtual reality. Well, that was really just horse blinders for a TV set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, right. <laughs> it wasn't anything. So these, these look like ski goggles, right? Yeah. Uh, you place on your head and it has motion sensors. And so instead of using your controller to look around, you just look, uh-huh. right? Um, and then you're totally immersed like an IMAX kind of thing because it, whatever. So, Are people going to be walking around with these things? No, no. You play them at home. Okay. Um, although probably not too much farther in the future, they'll integrate that with a thing like a Google Glass, which will uh-huh. then become like Google Contacts. And then we'll just have VR lives, which whatever. <laughs> but anything to avoid talking to the rest of the stupid ass people. Uh-huh. Let's see. Do I have any other news? I've been pretty succinct today. Yeah. Really rapid fire. <laughs> really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy. Oh, my God. This guy. Look at him. What up? Yeah. He's great. Uh, Frederick Warren, 43 years old, robbed a subway with a knife, then crossed the street and bought a sandwich at Subway's competitor, Potbelly, where he was arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he robbed a subway, and 20 minutes later, police <sighs> caught him. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus Jesus Christ. Uh, All places to rob? Yeah, you rob a subway, subway and then just go and get a sandwich. <laughs> I mean, like, things are tough, but... Jeez. And then uh, a woman, a uh, Nebraska woman, is uh, filing a federal case against homosexuals. She's... Uh, all of them? Yeah, calling herself an ambassador for God and his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Sylvia Driscoll, 66, said in the suit that she is petitioning the U.S. District Court of Omaha to be heard in the matter of homosexu- homosexuality. Is it a sin or not a sin? In a seven-page letter framed as a lawsuit, she cited Bible passages that described homosexuality as an abomination and against nature. And she said, never before has the nation of the state been besieged by sin. <laughs> Besieged. Well, all the du- judges of this nation judge God to be a liar, Driscoll said. She said she petitioned the court because she feels it imperative to stand up for moral principles on which the nation was founded. Fuck you. Also, uh, marijuana total legalization, decriminalization uh, was passed in, I forget which, which house in Texas. Mm-hmm. So it passed uh, five to two. Uh, however, it, 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 it's like a meaningless symbolic gesture because right. it does not put it into law at all. But it is interesting that uh, two Tea Party members have switched sides and oh, yeah. are pushing now to, or at least openly voting for hmm. marijuana legalization. Uh, and it, a pretty cool quote was, God created marijuana 
and it is not up to the government to correct God's huh. wrongdoing. Wow. <laughs> Which is, you know, fucking stupid, but <laughs> it's awesome, right? So, uh, that's all the news I have. You got okay. anything? Uh, Obama's going to be in town today, right? Yeah. Oh, in shit. Portland, I forgot Oregon. about that. I'm going so to make it hard to get a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's about it. Well, I hope you okay. have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Yeah. This has been Waking Up Wallace, and I'm Dan Fury. And I'm Martin Wallace. Adios. (laughs) 